Welcome to The Skin Reel, your guide to all things skincare, skin health, beauty, and more, curated by dermatologists and true skin experts. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Alice Mina. I'm a double board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon with over a decade of clinical experience. If you're looking for real, practical, unhyped skincare guidance and expertise, or you just think the skin is really cool, then you're in the right spot. I'm so glad you've tuned in to The Skin Reel. Now let's dive in because this is how dermatologists talk skin. Hi everyone, quick disclaimer here before we start. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. If you're looking for help on your skin journey, please check out the American Academy of Dermatology's website, aad.org, where you can search their database for dermatologists near you. It is so important that you have someone in your corner who's well-trained, licensed, and board-certified who can help you make decisions when it comes to your skin health. Okay, got it? Great. Now for the fun stuff. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on this week's episode of The Skin Reel. This week, I am going to be talking about one of my favorite cosmetic procedures out there and also a really, really popular one, dermal fillers. Dermal fillers are definitely on the rise. In the U.S., over 2.6 million people had dermal fillers according to the American Society of Plastic Surgery in 2018. And I'm sure that number has only continued to rise. I think some of the things that make dermal fillers so popular, just like botulinum toxin, is that it is not permanent and it is minimally invasive. So people who have never had cosmetic procedures before will be a little more comfortable dipping their toe into the aesthetic arena with perhaps botulinum toxin or dermal fillers versus jumping straight to a facelift or a neck lift. The other thing that I think makes dermal fillers so popular is the price point. Again, it's not as expensive as undergoing surgery. It's more in line with botulinum toxin as a price point which it's still pricey, especially if you do enough of it and a lot of it, but you're not going to be sinking in tens of thousands of dollars or more for a surgical procedure. Now, if the thought of dermal fillers is giving you images of the Real Housewives series or the First Wives Club, let me assure you that Getting dermal fillers will not make you look like the people on these shows. That is definitely a look that some people strive for and try to attain. But I think the overwhelming majority of people who are getting dermal fillers are not looking for that sort of exaggerated caricature look, but rather just looking to restore volume that naturally diminishes with age. I always kind of laugh a little bit when patients come in and they're interested in filler, but they're really, really nervous about looking overdone or looking blown up like a chipmunk. And the reason I kind of laugh or smile is because when you get one syringe of filler, you are 
absolutely not going to have that overdone look. It really takes a lot of filler to get that look. So you certainly won't get it if you're dipping your toe in and trying one syringe or two. You will not have that exaggerated look, especially if you're seeing someone who is well-trained and listening to your goals and the aesthetic look that you're trying to achieve. So what are dermal fillers and why would someone come in wanting this? A lot of times when patients come in, they don't necessarily come in saying, I want dermal fillers. Rather, when I give them a mirror, they will look in the mirror and they will say, I look tired. My cheeks are flat. I feel like my face has fallen. Usually what they're trying to describe is that they feel like they have lost volume and a lot of times volume in the central face. Instead of having high cheekbones or rounded cheeks, they feel like all of that skin has just fallen down to their jowls or around their lower mouth. And that's because it kind of has. That's a normal part of aging. Normally, our face is like a triangle with the flat part of the triangle near our cheeks and our eyes and the point down by our chin. However, with age, that triangle actually gets flipped upside down so that the wide flat part of the triangle is unfortunately along our jawline. And that is why we can get that sort of heavy, jowly look as we age. We also lose collagen as we age. And this begins even as early as our late 20s. And when we lose collagen, we are essentially losing volume in our skin. I liken the volume in our face kind of like a balloon that you just blow it up. It's full of air. It's taut. There are no wrinkles or sagging, and it's flying high in the air. However, if you notice that balloon over the next week that you have it starts to lose air and is no longer as full and round. And so then the outside of the balloon starts to sag and wrinkle a little bit. And that's kind of like what's going on in our skin as we age. We are no longer as inflated with our youthful supple collagen. We start to lose that and then our skin starts to sag over it. So dermal fillers come in and help replenish or restore that volume loss. Sometimes we'll also use dermal fillers to sort of recreate or give a look in someone who naturally doesn't have that. So for example, someone may not have a very strong jawline and their chin may be pushed inward and they may not necessarily want a chin implant, but strategically placing some filler in the chin while we're not recreating volume loss, we're actually just adding volume there. Putting some filler into that chin will help it protrude a little bit more and place it in a more anatomically pleasing position. And we can also do this with the nose if someone has a large hump on the nose or wants to have a little more of a lift to the tip of their nose. Strategically placing some filler here can also recreate that look without the need for surgery. I will point out these are definitely more advanced techniques. So I would really see someone who is trained in facial plastic surgery, like a plastic surgeon, oculoplastics, 
facial ENT or dermatologist for these more advanced filler techniques. But for most people who are looking to try dermal fillers, they are not necessarily looking to do those kind of procedures. They just want to maybe correct the parentheses that they're getting around their mouths and maybe make their cheeks a little bit fuller, or perhaps their lips are losing some volume. It's their lipstick is bleeding a little bit when they put it on. They want a little more fullness to their lips. Those are definitely the more common areas that we see people coming in and where we treat filler routinely. Now, there are tons of dermal fillers out there, and they all work in slightly different ways. The most common is a hyaluronic acid filler. And what's great about this is it's very easy to inject. A lot of times it has lidocaine already in it, so it will numb the area once it's been treated. It will numb the area with the first injection, which makes it more comfortable for the subsequent ones. And hyaluronic acid is naturally produced in your skin, and it's important in volume and keeping your skin hydrated. So you're kind of just replacing a normal component of your skin with a hyaluronic acid filler. The other thing I like about hyaluronic acid filler is that it is reversible. So if someone doesn't love it, they feel like it's too much, they have more swelling than they want, we can very easily dissolve it for them. So it is not permanent at all. And I think it's a great one for someone just getting started with dermal fillers to try. Other types of dermal fillers are products that can stimulate your own collagen formation. And those are things like calcium hydroxyl appetite and polyl-lactic acid. I like these when someone needs a more generalized volume restoration. And instead of just focusing on one area like the tear troughs under your eyes or your lips, these products are great for patients who don't have a lot of volume in their face and really need sort of what we call pan rejuvenation. They just need volume added really all over their face. And then, of course, the probably oldest dermal filler out there is when we use someone's own fat for volume replacement. And this is something called fat grafting. This is a little more complex because we need to start by harvesting a patient's own fat cells. And we do this with essentially liposuction of the area, although we're really not doing the exact same technique we use for liposuction, but we remove some fat. A lot of times we can find a little bit around the lower abdomen or the buttocks or hips. We remove a little bit of fat, we purify it, and then we inject it back into the area that needs volume restoration. And again, fat grafting like the calcium hydroxyl appetite and polyallactic acid is great when someone has sort of all over volume loss and really needs generalized volume replacement. So if you are thinking about getting dermal fillers, what happens, at least in my office, when you come in for a consultation is that I will give you a mirror and I will listen to what areas you're bothered by. Sometimes people come in saying they want filler, but they don't really know what that means. And so when I hear them discuss what's bothering them, I get a better sense of whether or not filler is the appropriate choice. 
I also like to take a thorough history, find out if they've had any other cosmetic procedures before, any implants, have they had fillers before? Have they how have they done with fillers in the past and which ones did they get? It's also important to ask about any allergies, not only to medications but also to things like bee stings. And to find out what medications they're taking, if patients are on blood thinners, there is a very high, if not 100% risk of bruising with these procedures, simply because we are inserting a needle into the skin. So there is always the risk of bruising when that happens. And that is just exponentially higher if someone is on a blood thinner. And that could even be things like supplements, fish oil taking a baby aspirin preventatively, ginseng, ginkgo, even things that we don't commonly recognize as blood thinners. The next step is to always get some nice before pictures because you only have one chance to take before pictures because once you've placed that filler, you will never get to take that before picture again. And then, of course, you are going to want to clean the skin thoroughly with either alcohol or some sort of antiseptic cleanser. And I also have patients remove any makeup that they're wearing in the areas I'm going to be treating. Sometimes we'll use a topical numbing cream on the skin, which can make the injections more comfortable. Other times we'll use ice. And sometimes I will actually go ahead and numb the area with either a block or with local anesthetic called lidocaine. Because some of the filler does contain lidocaine, we don't always need to numb the area. And really, after that first little poke, it usually is not that uncomfortable. The whole injecting time is relatively short. It may take about five to 10 minutes, depending on how many syringes you're using. And the nice thing is that the results are really immediate. I can hold up a mirror to the patient and they can immediately see how their lips are fuller or their cheeks are fuller or their temples have been filled in. And actually, over the next week, I think the filler gets better and better as your body moves it to a really natural looking place. When we are using the collagen stimulating fillers, it does take longer, sometimes weeks to months for those benefits to be seen. And a lot of times you need multiple treatments, especially with the poly-L lactic acid. That one is a series of treatments over several months. Fat grafting is a little different scenario, so not really something I'm going to go in on this episode, but I will definitely do a separate one on fat grafting because it's a really cool procedure. And if you're looking for a natural way to volume enhance, using your own fat is a really great option. In my office, we like to call it reuse, recycle, renew. Now, I've gone over all the great things about dermal fillers, how they can make your skin more supple and youthful, fill in, help inflate the balloon of your face, which will in turn improve saggy skin and lines. But there are some complications with fillers to be aware of. And again, this is why I really stress that the person doing your injections should be well-trained in facial anatomy because there are very real complications that can happen. The most common complication, which is really 
not so much a complication, but just a risk from doing these procedures is that you can bruise. So I recommend not doing this right before a big event. Give yourself at least a week in case you bruise and make sure to avoid any blood thinners, particularly supplements and things that are not prescribed before your treatments as that can help minimize bruising. Of course, if you are on blood thinners for medical reasons, you are going to want to stay on those or talk to your doctor first. Sometimes the dermal filler can leave some lumps or bumps under the skin if it's placed incorrectly. So you will want to massage those areas and let your injector know. Rarely you can even get infections with these bumps, and that would be a red painful lesion, and you would again, want to let your injector know about that immediately. And very rarely, but again, it can happen when the filler is actually injected into an artery. This can cause necrosis where basically the skin dies because you have blocked off that artery and blood supply to the skin. And so all of that skin will die. If this happens around an artery of your eye, the ophthalmic artery, it actually has been shown to cause blindness. So again, fillers in general are very, very safe, but there are some very real complications that can occur. So make sure you are seeing someone really well-trained who's doing your injections. If you are interested in filler, definitely see your dermatologist or facial plastic surgeon to discuss them and to see if it would be a good option for you. I like to say that a little filler along the way can really help stave off some of the signs of aging, and it can be done really, really naturally. If you do a little bit along the way, you're never going to get that fake, overdone, overblown look, and it's going to look really natural. It also will stimulate your own collagen, so you never deflate back fully to where you started. I look forward to having more great episodes where I really dive into specific types of fillers and places where we put them and look forward to sharing those episodes with you in the future. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Skin Reel. I hope it's been informative, educational, and perhaps a little entertaining. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe and share with a friend. Don't want to stop your learning just yet? Head on over to theskinreel.com for show notes, blog posts, and so much more. Until next time, skin friends.